Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I hope you all had a terrific Thanksgiving as I uh, did this week. But before we get too far into any of that, I just want to welcome back to the show, good friend of the show, uh, Derek. Derek from college. How you doing, Derek? I'm good, man. How was your uh, <laughs> How was your turkey day? I was good, man. Uh, what did I do? Um. Yeah, just ate a bunch of food. Uh, I didn't get to see all of all of my family, uh, given the current situation. That would have been America. irresponsible. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, was able to go to my mom's house and see like my immediate family, like her, cool. and my younger brother, and my aunt. So that was cool. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, we just ate a bunch of food and gave thanks. <laughs> thanks was given by all. I love it. Yeah, how about you? How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it was good, man. I um I went into work for a couple hours, just volunteered okay. to like, you know, open up in case anybody needs some last minute like beer, you right know, on. before the holidays. Cause you know, dealing with your family can be a little stressful. Yeah. Um, uh, the emergency family beer. Ah, uh, yes. The the secret garage stash. <laughs> yeah. um, why are you always in the garage? I'm, I'm going to go get ingredients for the food. The, the food's <laughs> done, Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> um, exactly. Uh, yeah, but it was good. Uh, yeah, so I did that for a couple hours and then went over to the in-laws place and hung out and ate some food. Good time. So I uh, watched, uh, watched uh, Christmas Chronicles on Netflix. Have you seen that with Kurt Russell? Uh, is that where he plays Santa Claus? Yeah, yeah. He plays okay, a yeah. pretty badass version of Santa Claus. Like, okay. Like he wouldn't use it, but this Santa Claus packs a gun. Right. Like, and he doesn't have time for your BS, basically. (laughs) It's, it's a pretty fun, it's the little girl and it steals the show. It's, it's a fun movie. It's not the best movie, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty entertaining. I will say. There you go. That sounds fun. Plus his beard is out of, his beard and hair combo is out of control. (laughs) I like that he, I like that he grew it out for the hateful eight and then just went, yep, this is me now. I'm keeping this. Exactly. (laughs) Well, that's cool. Yeah. So you watched uh, a good movie. Is it like an action movie, like a fantasy so, movie? So it's kind of just like a heartwarming Christmas movie about two okay. siblings reconnecting, trying to help after they screw up Christmas. They've got to help Santa Claus get his stuff back so that he can uh, he can then keep Christmas going. So Nice, nice. Yeah, it's fun. That sounds fun. That sounds like a good time. Yeah. Right on. And I'm, I'm assuming the Thanksgiving food was on point? Oh, it was on point. It was on yep. point. I made my grandma's cream corn. Everybody loved it. Um, yeah, it was a good time. Right on. All right. So what we're doing here today, seeing is how we are uh, turning over a new decade going into 2021. Uh, you and I, uh, as if anyone listening to this has listened to any of the other episodes that you've been on, uh, you and I are big movie fans. And so why not celebrate the turning over a new decade in just a few weeks with a list of our favorite movies of the decade, specifically so of the last 10 years. So from 2010 to 2020, um, what are our our favorite movies? And then so we're going to do 10 of them, hopefully, (laughs) Uh, and then uh, we will do um, five kind of honorable mention movies and we'll just talk about them as we go. Now, how did you order your list? So I ordered mine mm-hmm. from I so the way that I, I chose my movie it, it would make more sense to explain how I chose the movies that I did and that will make sense to the order please, in which I did do. it. Um, I did I did um, I did it movies that I saw the ten movies that I saw wait 
where did my last two go? Whatever. I'll have to pull an audible while we talk. Apparently it didn't record my last two on my notes. So (laughs) behind the curtain, everybody behind the curtain. Um, yeah. So I did it movies that impacted me. Yep. Okay. Um, or movies that I thought either elicited some sort of emotional response from me Mm -hmm. or, um, or, uh, yeah, that I just really either a I really enjoyed for some aspect or other reason, or movies Resonated that really yes, you. exactly, exactly okay. like movies that really hit that mark where I was like yeah okay, right um, yeah. So that's kind of how I did it, um, and I did or I did arrange them in like ones I want to talk about versus ones I mean you know popular ones and ones that I want to talk about versus you know how we did the split we talked about behind the scenes of five honorable mentions and five like major ones. So right. yeah, so that's kind of okay. how I organized it. How about you? Cool. The way the way I did my list was I basically just went through the each year of the last decade yeah. and and reviewed which movies came out that year gotcha. and basically just made a list of all the movies from that year that I liked and enjoyed and saw. Uh, uh, let's preface this first by saying I haven't seen every movie, despite what you <laughs> might think. Uh, I haven't seen every movie that has come out in the last no. 10 years. <laughs> no, no. We don't get paid nearly enough money for that. Although, yeah. <laughs> I would like that to be our jobs. Oh, that'd be an amazing job. <laughs> um, so, uh, of the movies that I've seen of each year of the last 10 years, I made a list of those. And then from that list, I basically narrowed it down to my favorite. I tried to keep it to, like, my favorite movie from each year. Sure. Um, some There's going to be – there's a couple years where there's a couple movies from that year that I just, yeah. like, I can't – like 2016 was like a giant year for movies. That was oh really God, hard, right? <laughs> yeah, 2016. I, I don't want to get too far ahead in spoilers, but uh, 2016 was a was a big year, so that was there, really hard. There's there's weird how there are certain years like that, like 1984. Yep. If you guys are listening to this, go and just look up how many movies and which movies came out in 1984. Just a short list right now: The Terminator, Sixteen mm-hmm. Candles, Ghostbusters. It gets it's like all of these massive like culturally important movies came out in 1984 and it's just mind blowing. Like the list that they have. Oh, it's shocking. And yes, 2016, 2016 is another one of those years. Yes. 1999 is crazy. 2016 was another one of those years. It's crazy. I love years like that where I'm like, Oh my God, that's right. All of the good movies came out. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, this was actually a really difficult thing for me to do. That's why we started recording a little late. Yeah. Um, To narrow it down to 10 movies was really, was really hard, but uh, I had a, I had a real hard time when you were like, this is what we're doing. I was like, crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, we, we, let's get into it. So um, your number, so the way, and the way I ordered mine was basically um, sort of most impactful or like my most favorite movie mm-hmm. was number one and then, then gotcha. 10, 10 down. So let's start gotcha. from 10 and work our way to one and then we'll hit our honorable mentions after that. Uh, okay. Does that work? So you want the most, you want the, so we're working. Like sorry. the least least favorite to most favorite. Oh, got it. Okay, I can do that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so my number ten movie uh, was. You know what? <laughs> Are we changing as it goes? Because I'm looking at mine and I think I'm going to change as I go. It's it's funny. So like basically the bottom five are all interchangeable for me in terms of in terms of importance. Okay, <laughs> I'm realizing okay. this now. Um, but let's just start it off. My number 10 is uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, that's up on my number five. 
<laughs> oh great we'll see it on my list it, yeah the top the bottom five are about the same importance so yeah, yeah we we i think we got it around the same place yeah um yeah this movie the reason i picked this movie um is <laughs> because it was it, it by all metrics this movie should not have worked oh uh, no 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 <laughs> the formula in which that it concocts you slap that or do that a pitch in any other like you just go like even independently of who it is and who made it like if you right. just walk in and cold called like on a producer and executive and we're like this is what we're gonna make they'd be like Get out of my office. Yeah. We're going to make Mad Max. Uh, why? (laughs) (laughs) You mean that weird Australian franchise that kind of petered out in the third movie? (laughs) It didn't last very long. Yeah. As much uh, as I love that franchise, like, I am a hardcore fan of that franchise, but it, like, yeah. It doesn't, the first two were, the first one's like, ooh, this is weird, uh but kind of fun. And the second one, you're like, yeah. And then the third one, you're like, what what oh what? yeah exactly in my own dojo yeah um so this movie was uh a a a, a force to be reckoned with at the theater it was it, it, it it's in my opinion it's like the perfect example of like a reboot movie mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. because it, it because like we've seen Mad Max and what they did with the Mad Max trilogy was was fine right. like it was a, they they did this post apocalyptic you know kind of western kind of new like neo noir kind of action movie right these movies are like or excuse me Fury Road is like if you're going to do a reboot you know 15 20 years later like this is how you do it you do it in yes. a way that feels inspired, that feels like obviously. Um, what, what's the name of the dire- the director? Uh, George Miller. George Miller. Obviously, he was inspired to do this. Like he's like eighty something years old. Like, oh, <laughs> this is a pure straight passion project for him. Yeah, and you can tell he's like. Yeah, you can feel the excitement mm-hmm. uh, in everyone that is working on this movie. Oh in my the god, movie. it's crazy. Yeah, and everybody that you, know, it's one of those you 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 listen to like interviews and stuff, and everybody's like, we just went balls to the wall with it because we were like, mm-hmm. this is the only opportunity we're gonna have to make it the way we want to. It happened in this tiny little window, and some psychopath executive just greenlit this project. Yeah. And we got this amazing movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tom Hardy's great. Um, um, Charlize Theron is great as Furiosa. Like, it's just a... Even though they hated movie. each other during filming, apparently. Oh, they, did they? I didn't hear oh, that. Oh, yeah. There's like, that's like the biggest thing is they like rarely refuse to be in scenes together because they hated oh, each other. And I'm like, okay. oh, okay. I mean, That whatever. makes for an interesting dynamic between the characters because the yes. characters kind of hate each other for most of the Yeah, movie. exactly. And that's why I kind of – like they're not best friends. They're just like, ah, you can shoot people and I can drive and I can also shoot people and we're just going to save these women, I guess. Yeah. It's it's like every every like B action movie like should aspire to be this movie. Oh, like, 100%. It, it is the perfect blend of like high octane sort of B movie action but done with the level of craft of like master – filmmakers and craftsmen absolutely it and the thing that i appreciate about it it is it is non-stop from frame one like the minute (laughs) it starts that like that voiceover that he has where he's sitting in the Mm -hmm. the waist and he rips the the head off the double like lizard or whatever then it's like it's just like go and it ends with him (laughs) like running through the labyrinthine with all the war boys and he's like swinging on a chain while they're trying to get at him. I remember sitting in the theater watching it. I was just like, oh my God, I don't care what happens after this. That was amazing. 
Yeah, it, it, that movie's great. It is. Yeah. It is. It is phenomenal. That, it is. And, yeah. It is what I call a popcorn shotgun movie. You're just <laughs> shoveling. You're like, yes, yes, exactly. Like, let's go. Exactly. Yeah. No, I I loved it. That's my uh, it's my number ten. What was I your number ten? My number ten was Hereditary. Hereditary. Ooh. Hereditary. And the reason is because we don't really need to talk about it all that much. Everybody's uh-huh. um. Everybody's kind of seen her. You know, they, everybody likes horror movies, you know, and well, not yes. everybody. But no, well, yes, not everyone. <laughs> I say everybody because my friends like horror movies and I like yeah. horror movies. But Hereditary was one of those. It impacted me because like, like The Conjuring, mm. it was exceptionally well done. It scared the pants off me. To the tune of like, I just had a silent scream trapped in my chest the entire time. But the thing about Hereditary is that it's a slow, like Conjuring gets to a point and then it just takes off and you're like, ah, the horror's happening. You're like, oh, this is great. I'm scared. Hereditary is this slow, creepy, just creeps up the back of your spine kind of burn Mm -hmm. that I'm just like. Uh, and Tony Collette is an absolutely it's a, it's a master class it's a master class in how to make a horror movie that sticks with you I think and that's why I put it it's so it's not my least favorite movie of the year but it is it was one of those like you don't really need to go in depth about it but it was just it's it's absolute it's a it's a fire it's a fire movie and like in, if if you've been if you're sitting out there and you're listening and you haven't seen it, I highly urge you to do that. Even if you need to keep all of the lights in your house on, <laughs> and cuddle your dog and hold a baseball bat while you do it, it's it's good, man. And it it sticks with you and not in a bad way. In kind of like a oh yeah, like I remember oh that was really well done. You know that kind right. of thing. That's why I added it to my list. Nice. So Hereditary is one of those movies that I have not seen yet. Oh, you haven't? No, you I must to watch it. it. Yeah. Oh, you I've must seen, watch it. I've seen uh, The Conjuring, the other movie you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I actually watched that recently. Uh, it's good, man. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it is good. Um, I need to see Hereditary because of you know obviously by all accounts it's fantastic and yeah. I love Tony Collette as an actor. Oh, get ready! She's gonna creep you right the hell out. Like it, yeah. it's oof, it's good. And right. Ari Aster is the director. He just knows what he's doing. So it's like yep. it's you know. Anyway. <laughs> all right, my number nine uh, is a similar pick. Um, my number nine is Get Out by Jordan Ooh, Peele. Ooh, yes. See, okay, here's the thing. I was going to add that, but I figured you were going to add that, so I was like, I'm going to pick something different, and right. I was Be right to do so. economic with your picks. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. That was part of the fun thing, was me trying to guess what you would pick so that I can avoid, like, doubling up. Um, but it's us, and we have similar tastes, so it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, Get yeah. Out was fantastic. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, real quick, I think this might be fun. Um, also, I don't know if you have this in your notes, but so from um, actually, you know, we'll go we'll go back to that because I, I I know you said you had Fury Road on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'd be cool since I have all the notes of pretty much uh, the other movies that came out um, in those in the years of these movies that we picked. Um, we it'd be, it might be fun to just talk about the rest of the movies too, just yeah, briefly. For sure, um, but. So for Get Out, that was 2017, yes, it which was. was a really, <laughs> which is another difficult year of really good movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> but of that list, I think Get Out was the one I picked from that year as like the one that was like my favorite of the movies of that year. There's right. some other great ones on that list mm-hmm. that I think. Maybe one other one has made my list, but yeah, Get Out was was a huge movie. Just I think. 
one, it introduced the world to Jordan Peele as a director. Which, oh, yeah. Which is he's now, he a, now a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> we must protect him. <laughs> yeah, at all costs. Um, and two, it kind of um, shook up the horror genre in, mm-hmm. a, in a really great way uh, because – so far at that point, horror was, yeah, horror was um, very dour and very, um, you know, your hereditaries, your conjurings, your haunting in Connecticut, movies like that. Yeah. Like really kind of dark, dreary movies. <laughs> and he made Get Out, which was like a return to sort of like pulpy kind of 80s. Um, Creep fest. Yeah, yeah, Creep yeah. Fest. Like this movie could have come out in, you know, 1987 or something like that, and I would have believed it. Uh, I love that it had a little sci-fi bent to it. Um, it, yeah. it. It allowed room for comedy, which was a nice return uh, for horror movies to to have some some comedy in it. And it was just and it was horror used as satire to comment on uh, you know uh, the social political climate of today, mm-hmm. but in a way that isn't as heavy-handed as something like The Purge, which I also enjoyed and almost yeah. made my list. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that I, um, I, I too struggled. I was like, mm, maybe The Purge. Yeah, so yeah, I enjoyed Get Out a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Lakeith Stanfield's performance is really good in that movie. Oh. Um, Daniel Kalu- Kaluuya's performance is really good in that movie. Everyone's just phenomenal it's just a w- really well put together movie that creeped me out and was a lot of fun and it has one of my favorite actors being being creepy but also in a really like using humor and his kind of like dad like bradley whitford he's kind oh, of yeah. you're like he's your like the next door dad that's always like hey how you guys doing but he like was doing <laughs> that but with horror which was like oh please don't do yeah. that he, bradley whitford's amazing uh he's in a uh, spoiler alert he's in a uh, uh another movie that made oh my list. i think i might know which one that is um, but also if you haven't seen studio 60 on the sunset sunset strip oh fantastic uh, go watch that it's Aaron Sorkin and uh, Bradley Whitford is uh, one of the main characters in it. It's a really good show. Yeah. Um, all right. What was your number nine movie? My number nine movie was Django Unchained. Nice. nice. I just I just love that movie. It might be blasphemy, but I think that might be Tarantino's best film. It, it is up there for me. I think uh, as far as Tarantino, Pulp Fiction is still my favorite Tarantino, but Django is probably number two, honestly. It's- so good and so well so done good. and just the fact like it builds and builds and builds and you just go by the time it's like the john it has that perfect john wick style like action moment where you're mm-hmm. like oh now you have an opportunity to kill everybody mm-hmm. go get a gun and do it bud like just get <laughs> after them like yeah. i'm not even gonna feel bad for these assholes like just nope. murder murder galore like it's just that oh it's so good it's just stylistic and it's funny and it's yeah. like it's heartbreaking. It's got everything. It takes you on a ride, and that's the thing I like the most about it. And then when it, you know, and it also, you know, I mean, it's yeah, it's problematic, but it's cool at the same time. And it's also just a fun time to watch. Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I think, and kind of like with Get Out, what I was just saying, like, I think one of the my favorite things about Django is that it is. It's a bold movie in the sense that it's not afraid to experience a wide range of emotions. Like in a movie yes. about, you know, uh, you know, an, a freed slave who becomes, you know, a bounty hunter, uh, you know, that that movie in, in the hands of a different director would would be a very dour kind of serious kind of yeah. melancholy kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But 
Quentin Tarantino is not afraid to allow the characters to have some fun and not just the characters we agree with, but the, the characters right. we don't agree with. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. Leonardo like, DiCaprio's character is extremely problematic in that movie. <laughs> yeah. But even, even Leonardo DiCaprio's character gets some time to like be likable. Yes. Which I think is important in a movie like that because as cartoony as some of maybe the violence is later, like the fact that you're seeing these characters be people and not just caricatures, I think is very important to the the movie working. You know? I, I agree as well. Yeah. And I think that's where it really shines through is it, it independent of it being a Tarantino movie. And sometimes he struggles a little bit with this um, with sometimes in his films, I believe, but uh, with Django, every single character that you get to, even down to the random, like henchmen, they're all uh-huh. three dimensional characters. Mm-hmm. Like they have yeah. aspects, hope like the way that they're written is just and directed is just extremely well done to the, it really, it really puts some meat on the bones of the world that were, that used to exist, but we're also visiting in a sort of semi-satirical kind of mm-hmm. it's very that movie is i the reason i like it is it's very problematic at points <laughs> <laughs> yeah totally totally it makes me uh, uncomfortable <laughs> yeah and and it and it should you yeah. know what i mean mm-hmm. um and and i mean let's let's also i mean let's give leonardo dicaprio his flowers while we're here because that performance sh- is it's incredible balls out insane yeah like, like he he's he's insanely good in that movie there isn't a single point in that movie that he's not giving it 100 of his talent and that's where i'm like that's yeah okay like cool he he got the oscar he would eventually get the oscar for the revenant yeah. which we'll talk about but uh like he should have won for yes. <laughs> for tango unchained that One, role is crazy that performance 100 <laughs> percent yeah um, I don't know who won Best Actor that year, but uh, man, I would have given it to to Leo. That oh year. yeah, it wasn't him. Yeah, in 2012, uh, some of the other movies that I looked through on that list, uh, some honorable mentions from there. Um, these are not. I don't think these are my technical honorable mentions. Maybe they are, but uh, some other movies like Chronicle was on that list in 2012. Yes, which oh. I really enjoyed. If you haven't seen that, go see that. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Knight Rises it came out that year. Yup. Um, the Avengers, which I'm sure we'll talk about. And then uh, another movie that made my list uh, uh, a little bit later, um, The Master, is also in 2012. Oh. So there were some, some good movies in 2012. <laughs> then we are going to talk about that because The Master comes in pretty top on my list. So There you go. Yes, sir. All right. Let's, um, let's go to number eight. And my number eight pick was the Denny Villeneuve picture, Prisoners. Oh, that's up on my list too. Okay, okay, that's pretty <laughs> yeah. high up there. So that was my number eight. Yeah. So why'd you pick that one? All right. So prisoners. Because <laughs> oh, we, if you remember, we saw that one together. Yes, so. we did. Um, prisoners was, I believe, the first movie of Denny Villeneuve that I saw. Mm, me too. Um, and that I, man. So I'm obviously I'm a Hugh Jackman fan, uh, and I am definitely a uh, Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Oh, yeah. So when I saw that they were going to be in a movie together, I'm like, oh, I got to see this. Mm-hmm. And that movie is just a – it's – so Denny Villeneuve is probably one of my favorite directors right now, if not the favorite right now. Oh, yeah. I can't, John, I can't wait. I can't I wait know. for Dune. Yeah. Oh, dude's gonna I'm be like, incredible. Just let's go. Like, let's go, please. Dude's gonna be incredible. I'm like, a, I'm like an addict, like just walking up to the wood. Hey, man, can you, uh, can you spot me some of that Dune, please? I just, yeah, I just need yeah. to get me some of that Dune. Please, sir. Can please, I have sir. Some can more? I have some more? 
Yeah. Um, so John Favreau once said uh, that a director's job is to manage the tone of a movie and to make sure that the tone is consistent and and even uh, throughout the movie. And I think Denny uh, Villeneuve is one of the best working right now at doing that. Mm-hmm. I think a movie like Prisoners. So if you haven't seen Prisoners, the basic premise is Hugh Jackman plays a father who is apparently not a great father and his he's a former alcoholic <laughs> right who's trying to be a better dad yes so he to his, fairness to his character right <laughs> his daughter goes missing and it is essentially he suspects that it's this weirdo guy in the neighborhood and he doesn't feel like the police uh led by jake gyllenhaal detective jake gyllenhaal are doing a good enough job so he decides to take matters into his own hands and i won't go any further because i don't want to spoil anything after that it's just you gotta watch it and and in so that movie in the hands of a lesser director could be a very kind of schlocky i'm gonna get my kid back and and just kind of b movie kind you know what i mean starring liam neeson (laughs) yes exactly yeah who has a certain and, set of skills. Yes. But in this movie, it, it, even though some crazy things happen, it never feels – nothing that happens ever feels out of place. Like it all yeah. feels like, oh, I know I buy this 100%. Oh, it and is I, yeah. viscerally real. Yeah. Like that scene where he has that one guy trapped and he's like the interrogation scene. Yeah. I yep, was yep. like, oh, my God. Like this, <laughs> this is one of those movies and we've talked about this – since it is the best movie i will never watch again yeah like, it, it seeing is, it once was yeah. good enough for me it like i don't need to be to that watch. i don't need to be that stressed out ever again we walked out of the theater and i had adrenaline pit stains all the way down to my waist on both sides <laughs> i looked like i had something wrong with me because i was yeah. just so stressed out the entire time like oh, the mood so and the tone it's just it's unrelenting it's unrelenting. It's like watching a giant, wa- like just giant tsunami of stress coming your way and going like, I, I can't get out of this. Like yep. just, you just have to let it hit you. And it's, whoo, I'm stressed out thinking about it right now. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it is so stressful. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. But it's um, so stressful. <laughs> yeah, it is extremely stressful. Um, yeah, that uh, Prisoners is really good. If you haven't yeah. seen it, go go watch it and hug your loved ones. Yeah, oh, <laughs> the minute you're done, call your favorite person and have them tell you that everything's going to be okay because it yeah. is – God, it's a rough ride. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of stressful, I think I want to just mention one of my honorable mentions here mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I probably should have put this on my list, but um, I'll just say pretty much interchangeable with Prisoners for me is um, – Uncut Gems. That was one of my favorite movies that came out. I believe it came out in 2019. Yeah. Another Um, one that stressed me out from start to finish. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. It is one of the most stressful movies I've ever seen. It's probably the best Adam Sandler performance I've ever seen. And it is a truly phenomenal movie. Oh, hands down the best, the best role he's ever played. Like to the tune of it ended. And the first thought I had was after it was done, I was like, why does he do comedy? Yeah, I know, right? Like, why does he even try comedy anymore? Freaking go for go for Oscars, brother! Get yeah. after it, man. Some like, some other a couple so of movies from that from that year um, that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But there was like movie. Th- 2019 was a really hard year for me as well in terms of picking a movie. Yeah. Um, uh, 1917 was there. Us by Jordan Peele, the follow up to Get Out. Um, Still haven't seen those two, by the way. 
Okay, so, yeah, you because I was getting prepped to get married in 2019, so there it's like go. all my all my disposable income was just non-existent. I was like, yeah. well, I guess movies just aren't happening this year. Yep. But I have a list <laughs> that I'm working through. Uh, yes, Brightburn was also in 2019. Brightburn um, was nuts. Yes, that movie. Was nuts. <laughs> um, yeah, and then Avengers Endgame, and then Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah, Home. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Um, okay, so that was my number eight. Prisoners, Denis Villeneuve, go see it if you haven't. What was your number eight? It's the movie that we saw. We saw it together in college, and then we didn't stop talking about it up until <laughs> up until now. Uh, Inception. Great. Just it was just so revolutionary for the time, and there's a lot of problems with it, and people lot of like to poke a lot of holes in it, and like all that uh-huh. stuff. But it was it's one of those where it just um it changed it changed movies it changed movies and you it didn't quite need it's one of those movies i like because it didn't quite need to answer your questions it's like that none of, we know this doesn't make sense but that doesn't matter because we're in a dream state world where the rules don't apply the same way they do in reality and is it reality we don't know like you know if you think you if you think you know what's happening you don't congratulations <laughs> yeah. like i remember sitting there in the theater next to you and watching half that city fold up on the screen and being like what is happening right now like my yeah. brain just couldn't I still watch it and I'm like, didn't realize that, never noticed that before. Like, it's just, it's yeah. insane. It's insanity yeah. and so much fun. Yeah. In So Inception um, is actually my number one movie on the list. Oh, is it now? Yeah, it is my number right. one movie of the last 10 years. And for all the reasons you just said, um, it is a movie that not only did I think it, it, it changed what holly what what you could make as a big budget movie from yeah. that point out like never before had someone made a, you know a 200 million dollar movie that was about dreams and weird philosophies and like you know what i mean like oh yeah <laughs> yeah you know the matrix got away with it because they had to wrap the movie around a bunch of bullets in kung fu uh the- <laughs> but like the thing about inception is it's also wrapped around a freaking heist like yeah what it's a uh, dream it's a dream heist like what yeah, Inception, uh, it changed – that movie really changed me in terms of my – like w- how I approach watching movies or like what movies could be because yeah. Inception, like – oh, man. Uh, what The thing that it, I think that it broke in me was like <laughs> – um, ev- like what it really showed me was that movies um, – they can affect you. The best movies, in my opinion, should affect you on an emotional level, mm-hmm. regardless of what the surface story is about. Like the right. sur- like the the surface plot of what a movie is can be anything, but if it's executed well, it the movie should affect you on an emotional level. And yeah. and at that point, like that's something I probably knew instinctively, but didn't have a way to articulate it at the time. Right. And because uh, Inception is one of the earlier movies on the list, it's in it is it came out in 2010. Yeah. Um, and at that point, like I was, you know, I thought a movie had to be like a really tear jerking drama in order to move me emotionally. <laughs> but I watched this weird movie by this guy who had done Batman movies. And it was, you know, this weird dream kind of heist movie where like I after the first time seeing it, it wasn't. I wasn't completely sure what was going on. Oh. All I knew was at the end of the movie, when they're all waking up on the plane, like I was moved 
like emotionally in a way that I hadn't been in a long time in a movie. Uh-huh. And I didn't a hundred percent even know what was going on plot wise. Right. And that, yeah. that made me know that, that right then I knew like this movie is special and I've probably seen the movie at more than five times at this point, probably 10 times. <sighs> it's, and on it my, is, it's on my quick rotation list for sure. It is. I, I never get tired of watching it. It's just, everybody's performance is great there are obviously problems with it um because yeah. it's it's what it's trying to do is is insane but <laughs> but a, it is it's a time dream heist like it's yeah, yeah. It's, there's gonna be problems yeah it is it is it is truly a remarkable movie and it's 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 crazy that the movie even got made and that it was even successful right. so it, it is my number one uh, on the list for sure all um, right all right. Um, and then some, just some other movies from 2010. Um, an honorable mention from there is uh, – that was actually a good year for movies too. But Shutter Island also came out that year. That one was interesting. Mm-hmm. And did, did Shutter Island make your list? No, it did not. Okay. We can talk about it a little bit. Uh, just yeah. briefly, I think Shutter – I mean, it's funny. It's Leonardo DiCaprio as well. Shutter Island was a great movie. Uh, to me, it was – I like Martin Scorsese as a director. He's one of the greatest um yeah. i think shutter island for me there's something about it that doesn't quite work oh i agree with you yeah there's there's something about it that keeps it to me from being like a, a classic movie um there's, there's just something there's, that doesn't line up in the third act for me just, i was gonna say there's something missing through i think through all three acts i don't know what it is because i haven't watched it enough but there's something right. missing that makes it a truly good movie like the departed is one of my favorite Scorsese Great movies movie. of all time. Everybody makes fun of me for it because like, oh, he just ripped it off of a Korean movie. I'm like, yeah, but like, <laughs> he did it well. Yeah. So, and Wolf of Wall Street is another great movie. Exactly. But um, both of those have that thing yeah. that, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I feel like maybe Scorsese might have been distracted when he made it. Like, there's just yeah. something missing to the equation that just does not in a normal Marty Scorsese movie that, like, to me doesn't quite work out about Shutter Island. Yeah, but. it just, yeah, it feels a little like it feels, well, I think what, for me, what it is is like the ending is kind of like, the the first half of the movie feels um grander than mm. what the third act reveals the movie to be. Yeah, it doesn't quite you know deliver, I mean? does it? Yeah. No. And, and and I'll spoil it because it's been, you know, it came out in twenty ten. You're but lost. Like, people. It's, it's basically this is all in his head and he's crazy, which is like a fine ending for a movie in 1997 directed by, you know, John Woo or something. Or an episode of The Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah, or an episode of The Twilight Zone. But, like, in a Martin Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio-driven, you know, thriller mystery movie, like, I want the ending to be a little bit more grand than, like, he was crazy the whole time, you yeah. see. <laughs> and I think maybe that's it. I think that it's a – maybe the problem is that it is – Outside of what he normally does, so maybe he tried to push the envelope so. and just it didn't kind of kind of work out. But yeah, and who knows? Whatever. Maybe maybe it was a business transaction. They're like, hey, if you direct this script we have, you know, then we'll let you make Wolf of Wall Street or something. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Because we who know knows? you really want to make this one, so we can <laughs> yeah. hold it in front of you, like a yeah. pair, like a set of keys with a kid. Yeah. So there was that one, and then also, um, you know what? This sh- this definitely should have made my list. Um, I don't know why I didn't. Uh, but. The Social Network uh, should definitely be on my list. That also came out in 2010, and that is definitely one of my favorite movies. I don't know why I didn't put it on the list. I am actually going to make a lot of enemies right now and say, I don't think that movie's that good. 
Oh, you've made an enemy here, pal. <laughs> Fisticuffs, good sir. Yeah. Pistols um, at dawn. Well, well, tell me, what, what don't you like about the social network? I, here's the thing. It's the thing that about the social network that I don't like about it is it's too it's too Aaron Sorkin-y for me. Like it's just okay. it's just saturated in Sorkin, and I'm like I totally get that. I it feels like a very self-aggrandizing project, like where he's like, oh my god, I'm a brilliant writer. Look, yeah. hey everyone, come see how brilliant I am, and it's like, eh, yeah, eh. I get that. You know, I get plus, that. It's like Jesse Eisenberg is great in it. But like I think everybody else around him, it's they're not that good. So it kind of falls flat for me on that level. I don't know. I just I I watched it and I was like I I literally was like I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this because this seems like an important movie in Aaron Sorkin, right? And you go, mm-hmm. "Cool. The legend of the creation of Facebook. Mm-hmm. The giant monster that we all need to be off of and just let it die." Um but I just go, "Okay, so I watched it and I was like it's fine. And then I went out into the world and everybody's like grabbing me by the shirt and be like, did you say that? So I'm like, yes, I did. Why are you yelling at me? Like, I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't that enthused by it. Like it's a good movie to be sure, but I don't, I don't think it qualifies as a great movie in my yeah. opinion. No, I, I get that. That's the beautiful thing about film. Everybody's tastes are a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I totally hear where you're coming from. And I think, uh, so my, my more of my so I don't think Social Network is a perfect movie. Um, I, it does have flaws in my opinion. Uh, I but for me, where more of the the things I don't like about the Social Network come in is the David Fincher if David Finchery stuff. Um, I like David Fincher as a director. I think he's brilliant. I uh, but I think sometimes he gets as with a lot of auteur directors. Sure, he gets a little self indulgent sometimes, and it kind of distracts from what's happening in the movie. So a lot of like, I don't particularly like um, some of the directing choices he makes in terms of like the way he shoots some things in that movie. Like there's a yeah. sequence where they do like the rowing uh, regatta and it's shot like with like tilt shift photography and it's like all like weird yeah. stylized and dramatic. And I'm like, you don't, I mean, you don't really, it's a weird choice and it kind of takes you out of the movie a little bit. You know, I need to rewatch it. Cause maybe that's what I don't like about it. Like a, I feel like it's too Sorkin, but I think maybe it's Fincher's kind of take on stuff. It might be Fincher's the minute you said that, I, I remember watching it going like, that's not how you film this sequence. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. even remotely how you film this sequence. Yeah, because um, to me, I think I think one of now, if you you know, I get I get like Aaron Sorkin dialogue is not for everyone. Uh, I I totally and it's there's so some Aaron Sorkin for me. There's some Aaron Sorkin stuff I really don't like. Um, yeah. but um, I, I am an Aaron Sorkin fan. To me, I think the the power of the Social Network uh, as a movie, where it really soars, is actually. Um, not necessarily Aaron Sorkin's dialogue, although I am a fan, but it's more so the way the script is constructed with going the, the way it, it chooses to reveal certain scenes in and out of time. Like you're going mm-hmm. back and forth between the yeah. actual events and the depositions and the way it reveals certain things um, for dramatic value rather than like chronological order. I think it, I think it's brilliant the way. Like, gotcha. If, if you're ever, if you ever want to nerd out for a little bit. Um, the social network script is online. Uh, you can just Google it and find it and yeah. just read a couple pages of that. And it is like, 
it's pretty it's pretty breathtaking that one person like oh. <laughs> sat down and constructed such a story like it's I'm pretty not, wild i'm not sitting here saying that aaron sorkin's a bad writer like let's just be extremely clear crystal clear That's on exactly that exactly what you said and i'm just kidding <laughs> burn him burn him for he is a witch um yeah no that's not a, that's not what i'm arguing against totally. at all because he's an extremely talented i can't write like that <laughs> like Right. What am I like? The one thing that, as we do these podcast episodes, like the one thing I'm always going to go back to is that I am not a professional filmmaker, so it doesn't really right. matter what my opinions are because right. I'm not making these movies. I would like to make these movies, but I'm not making these movies. Right. Um. But no, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, I mean, he's a great writer. I just, I think between his thing, I think that his dialogue and the, um. His dialogue and David Fincher's direction and choices, mm-hmm. I feel like, don't quite don't quite yeah. match up. You know, there's yeah. no, they don't not it's not quite totally. cohesive. You know, and so that's where I get a little like, ooh, ooh, la, ooh. Totally. like it's it's jarring sometimes. Like in the movie, like oh, you're talking sure. about with the rowing, with the tilt shift, like it takes you out of it. And I'm like, like almost whiplash level. I'm like, whoa, why yeah. are we here? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, that was um, that was just another one of my honorable mentions. It probably. Should have it totally should have made my list. But, but uh, I will say, just as a preview for later when we get to it, um, it did give us Army Hammer, who is true. in one of my worst p- picks for one of the worst movies of the last ten years, <laughs> ah. which I'm very excited to talk about. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, let's move on to number seven. Uh, okay. I think that was that was number eight. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Number seven. My number seven was Arrival. Oh, I haven't seen that one. You've oh, actually been after – you've been after me for a little bit to see it, and I just keep forgetting. And I'll be honest. I, I see it, and it's on my list. And I'm just – I don't know why my brain just like, mm, I'm too tired. I'm like, yeah. but you're going to watch the movie anyway, and it's like, mm, I don't want to. Like, what? Yeah, you you have to. It's another <clears throat> yeah. Denis Villeneuve movie. It is It is. Fantastic. I forgot about that. Okay. That, you, got, it is, you got me. It, it is fantastic. Uh, Amy Adams is wonderful in it. Um, what's his name is also around. Uh, Hawkeye is there. Yeah, um, is he good? Jeremy Renner, because he's, he's a good. little bit hit or miss. Yeah, no, that, he's good in this. He he doesn't have a Bourne huge movie. role, but he, he yeah. he's he's good. He's good. Okay, good because that yeah that Bourne movie he was in was oh no no it was not even no, <laughs> no. Uh, and that's all we'll say about that. Yeah, Arrival <clears throat> is um not the move when you're watching it. By the time you get through the end of the movie, it's not the movie you thought it was going to be. But it okay. is the perfect movie for what it is. Like you're like, oh, I didn't see it going here, but like I'm so glad it did. It's one of those. You know what I mean? Cool. Okay, so it's surprising. It is surprising. Uh, it, it you're you're watching the first half of the movie thinking it's about one thing, and then by the time you're at the end of the movie, you're realizing it's totally about something else. But oh. you're but you're like relieved that it's about the other thing because it's much more emotional than the, the, the first thing. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I will. I've never heard that, heard it described that way, Yeah. which is much more of a way for me to be like, Ooh, yes, yeah. please. You should watch. Yeah. You should definitely watch uh arrival. It is very good. Alrighty. Um, okay. That was my number seven. Your number seven. Um, <clears throat> trying to think what, uh, and that was, what year was that? Oh, that was, so that was, just to show you how much I liked that movie, that was from 2016, which was one of the biggest years and one of the hardest for me to to pull one movie out. Some of the other honorable mentions from that year in 2016, 
um, that didn't make my list um, is the Belco experiment. Uh, okay. That was a great, fun little horror romp yes. by. Um, uh, it was produced by James Gunn, I believe. Right. It was produced by James Gunn, um, and it was directed by Greg McLean, and was okay. written by James Gunn. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that movie was fun. Uh, it also starred Jim from, uh, uh, not The Office, but Jim from Newsroom. Uh, yeah. He's great. He's also in uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which is well, great. Um, and it also has one of our favorites, John C. McGinley. Yes, from Scrubs. Who, yeah. Uh, Dr. Cox is in it. I'm watching <laughs> yeah. it. Like, that's just how that goes. Yeah. Belco Experiment was great. Uh, Train to Busan is also great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Korean zombie movie. That was fantastic. I actually watched that. That was one of the movies I watched um, during the initial sort of lockdown phase of, yeah. of COVID-19. I started, me and a couple of friends started watching movies on Zoom. I'm sure everyone hey, did yeah, that. Yeah, we did too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that was one of the movies we watched. And I was like, I can't believe I hadn't seen this movie before. It's very good. You know what we should do? We should watch, you know what we should do is do a Zoom like deal and do like a commentary on uh, jujitsu with Nicolas Cage that just came out. Oh, oh I feel yes. like that's like right up our alley. Okay, yes, let's let's I make plans. Wait. Let's make plans to do that. Yeah, um, um, and then also uh, a couple other movies: Deadpool, Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. and uh, Rogue One also came out in twenty sixteen. Yeah, so all this great movies. Arrival. Yeah, you definitely have to see it because it beat out those movies on my list. <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, that's fair. What was your uh, number seven? Well, Asan. In 2016, (laughs) God looked down upon the world and decided to give us the greatest gift to cinema uh, that I could have ever asked for because it is a character that's super near and dear to my heart and my childhood. He gave us Deadpool. He sure did. that's just a giant golden smile of a movie and a middle finger to the film industry. And um, (laughs) I, um, I... I love both of those movies so much it actually hurts uh, <laughs> yeah. because they're to me. I don't care. People can trash talk all they want. They are perfect films to me. Mm-hmm. Like it nails exactly the source material. It nails the character. It nails sort of the world he lives in. And just it's just a badass movie. Like the fr- the opening scene on the freeway where he has the limit. You know, just the line of like, I only have 12. So you're going to have to share. It's like, yes, <laughs> this is. It's so good. Yeah, I think uh, Ryan Reynolds like steals the there show. Has, I don't think there's like a single role that an actor was born to play that is more obvious than Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool. I'm going to argue Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. That is true. I think, yeah, I think those are like the two most obvious. Those are absolutely the two superhero ones for me that I'm like, you were born to be this. Yeah, that's actually, that's really good. I didn't even think about that. I would say Robert Downey Jr. is Sherlock Holmes as well. Yeah, that that was really good too. Yeah. Um, But dude, Ryan Reynolds, like I I literally can't, like I can imagine, like Hugh Jackman was great, like phenomenal as Wolverine. Oh yeah. But I can imagine other actors playing Wolverine. 100%. I can't, ever imagine anyone else playing Deadpool like no. that is that character to me they're intrinsically linked yeah, yeah and also the fact that we got greenlit for Deadpool 3 the other day makes me so happy <laughs> yeah I was just like and they're saying that it's gonna be rated R I'm like yay Disney's not ripping the heart and soul out of my film franchise this is good yeah. also like the thing that made that movie really special to me too was like it proved that you can just make a comic book movie that looks mm-hmm. just like the comic book. Yeah. Like you don't have to put everyone in black leather. You can yeah, give them their at real you, costume. Brian Singer. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He like the thing about Brian Singer that I always say is like, oh, 
he got he always wanted a leather jacket when he was a kid like that was the epitome right. of cool when he was a kid but right. he never got to get one and so yep. now he just thinks that that's like the coolest thing ever and so he just like I'll put all my superheroes in black leather it's like but it doesn't breathe and it's not flexible and I don't care how superpowered you are that's bad if you're fighting yeah. crime or yeah. superpowered crime or just anybody yep so yeah Deadpool is a total win that it's movie perfect. made that movie crushed at the box office oh uh, it, it was, was the surprising crazy. sleeper hit that nobody saw coming and I will say that my favorite part about Deadpool out in the real world that was connected to that was walking into the theater knowing the character of Deadpool having read the comics for as long as I have and being very knowledgeable about Wade Wilson and sort of his way and mm-hmm. seeing just a theater full of families with young children who didn't understand that there are superheroes out there that are for adults and not for kids. And then yep. watching the first 10 minutes, all those families, all those parents were like, we're leaving, like get up and walking out of the movie. And it was yep. just me and 18 other single dudes just like, yes, yeah. like this is good. Yep. Dude, that is hilarious. Oh, uh, Deadpool so was phenomenal. Oh. That was a great number seven choice. Um, Thank you. That's one of make, those. It didn't make my list because of the way that I structured my list right. going year by year, but it definitely right. would have otherwise. And I just um, ping-ponged all over the place. I'm like, I like this one. I like that one. Deadpool yep. for me was – it always puts a smile on my face. Like totally. when I've seen it – I've seen those two movies I don't know how many times. And when AJ was like, oh, I didn't see the second one. I was like, oh. Like we, oh my God! Like it's like having a Christmas present. Yep, um, it was great. Yeah, it's so good. Um, next, so number six, my number six movie is The Master. Ooh, okay. Mine's I have The Master as well. Mine's a little higher on my list. Okay. Um, but yeah, The Master. The Master. We can is... breeze. We can. We'll talk about. We'll breeze over it when when we get to mine. On sure. Well, the number sure. I have it. Um, The Master is just a. <laughs> It is just a um, – I'm a big Joaquin Phoenix fan. And, and I'm a huge he, Philip Seymour Hoffman fan. Yes. So, like <laughs> – It works on both those levels. Oh, um, yeah. Boy, it does is, it. It is just a phenomenal – like, it's a, it's a classic sort of, like, you know, drama, you know, high drama, you know, story about this guy. And, you know, it's a period piece. Uh, but it's it, – and it, it is a – it is a – essentially a, you know – through the lens of this guy we're following, um, this uh, character played by Joaquin Phoenix, we're watching sort of the beginnings of Scientology, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it is it is a it is not an objective take on it. Obviously, the um, I think it's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Obviously, mm-hmm. he has uh, opinions <laughs> about Scientology that aren't necessarily in favor of of, of Scientology at all. Um, well, I mean, but it, it, should it, anyone not, have opinions not in that favor you of Scientology? Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure Tom Cruise does. Well, uh, I mean, look what it's done for him. Yeah. Danny Masters, uh, Masterson, not so much. No, 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 not so <laughs> He's much. He's in a bit of hot water now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it is, the Masters is just great. Philip Seymour Hoffman is phenomenal. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is great. Amy Adams is really good in it. Oh, yeah. It is the, just, it's a beautiful cast, movie. It's well shot. It's extremely well acted, like uh, almost to an unnerving degree of like accuracy. And I mean, I also 
if you've been listening to the episodes that I'm on and Asan, you know this, I'm like weirdly obsessed with like cults and like religious, yes. like, like, yeah. And that Scientology to me is one of those that will forever just be like the, what is happening? Like I'm re listening to a, another podcast series about L Ron Hubbard. And it's like, this dude was like, he is on record of saying like, if you want to make money in this life, you start a religion. Oh, and yeah. he did that. <laughs> and it's like, what? Like it's so oh, just in the tendrils of Scientology. And I loved, I love when we'd go to uh, go to improv shows uh, across the at the Upright Citizens Brigade on Franklin across the street from. And this is <laughs> this is extremely local and very specific knowledge for LA people. Yeah. Um, the Upright Citizens Brigade original location is on Franklin Avenue. It's right across the street from the Scientology Celebrity Center, for those of you who don't know. So my favorite part was when they were having one of their free, in quotes, free movie viewings or whatever. Like, would you yeah. like to come see a movie? I just got to a point where, like, if I was with friends or by myself or doing whatever, like hanging out in front before a show started to go in, i just look at them and be like, I don't make enough money for you to, like, get me want to get me in there. And they're just like – and they're just like, okay. They just move yeah. on. It's like, I know what you're yeah. about and I'm not here for it. Like, yeah. move it. You can move on now. <laughs> exactly. Um, dude, The Master is crazy. Is so uh, good. It is – it's one of those movies that, like, re-watching it, it really rewards you for rewatching it because mm. when you know where the movie is going, like, you, and you know what it's about, like, w watching it from the beginning and really looking at every character's action and, like, why they do certain things, like, yes. it, it, it enriches the story. Like, it, you really want to watch it a bunch of times because it's just... It's, phenomenal. it's it's layered. It's layered on a level that I don't yeah. know if that if that many movies out there can achieve that kind of thing because it is it's frighteningly frighteningly real, frighteningly accurate and just extremely layered and like just well it's it's well done. Like it's almost a near perfect movie in my opinion. Yeah, and I know it's great. And I'm like oddly just obsessed with it because every time I watch it I'm like oh like noticing little character choices and just like that's this it's it's that it's it's subtle. It's subtle choices that like really bring it to life and make and it's essentially showing you how one of the largest cults in the world got started, which is mm -hmm. always a fascinating and interesting time if you like that kind of stuff like I do. So Yeah, it's really it's really good. Um yeah. what was your number six? My number six was Twelve Years a Slave. Ooh, nice choice. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's one of those. I chose that one specifically because that got an emotional reaction out of me. And specifically totally. and I rewatched it recently the other night and it's it it I it rips my heart up. And it mm -hmm. tears me up, like, especially in light of, like, where our country's at and, like, all that stuff with our society. And I've been watching Lovecraft Country a lot lately, mm -hmm. too. And I've texted you a couple times about that because mm -hmm. there are things like that scene in the first episode. For those of you who haven't seen it, spoilers, but there's a – they go to a sundown town. And if you don't know what that is, mm -hmm. that's where if, if you're black, you better be out of town by sundown or they're legally allowed to kill you. Mm -hmm. And so you grow up as a white kid thinking like, oh, yeah, Sundown Test. They just escort them to the border. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we don't want you here. Bye. We're racist <laughs> and we're terrible. But we're like not that bad. Like, yeah. And then it's like you see this scene in Lovecraft Country where it's like it, – it, it, I texted you right after I saw it. I was like, I, I was so stressed the entire mm -hmm. time. I was almost screaming at my TV being like, go faster. Like you yeah. have to get out. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I rewatched 12 Years a Slave because I've been watching Lovecraft Country. And it's, I think 12 Years a Slave is an extremely important film 
mm-hmm. that was made and was well executed. And I saw a lot of hate for it online and kind of went back into to the, the annals of the internet to try and see the comments on it. And there's a lot of hate mm-hmm. for it because they're like, well, you know, it didn't need to be that serious. Like, yeah, but it did because it's a horrible time in history. Right. And this poor individual, whether he was a caricature or real or not, like this happened to people. You yeah. know, and you can't deny that. Like Django, Django puts it in a grindhouse view where it's like, yeah, this stuff's terrible, but you know this character at the end of this movie is going to shoot everyone that deserves it. You're like, yeah, no, I know, and I'm <laughs> right. fine with that. 12 Years a Slave, it's – I've seen it a couple of times, and I still get to a point where I'm like, yeah, but what if he didn't make it? Yeah. Totally. You know, and like what the reality of that looked like at the time. And it's, I think it's an extremely important movie to see and it's complicated and it's accurate and it shows what it was. So I think as far as like cinema goes, like it's, it's one of those movies. It's not the movie we deserved, but it's the movie we needed, you know? Yep. Totally. So yeah, I think it's incredibly yeah. impactful. And if you haven't seen it and you're listening to this right now, I would say prepare your emotions, sack yeah. up and watch it. Yeah, it uh, it was yeah, that movie was great. It was a hugely important movie for me too because it kind of opened my eyes to uh, uh, when we think about you know slavery and stuff like that. Like a lot of times we think of it as very like um, a very especially because of the Civil War that resulted. Mm. We think of slavery as being this very sort of neat and clean thing that happened only in these states. And these borders, but like the idea that like a free black man could end up being sold into slavery. So, you know, because we think of, oh, he's in New York or he's in the north. Like that's those people were fine and free and safe. I I mean, sure. Until somebody decided that you shouldn't be and then they kidnap you and, you know, drop you across the lines in Virginia or wherever. And now you're a slave again. Absolutely. Like for me, that made the idea or the the, sort of the institution of slavery a little bit more real because it added a little bit more nuance. It's not like just because you were in New York or wherever you were just free and safe. Like it wasn't like that. You still had to worry. The thing is, that's crazy is everybody like talks about the civil war of like the dividing line. Everybody North of this line was like, Oh, the black people need to be free. And all the people that are South of the line were like, I want to enslave all them. But like the reality is the North. Yeah. It had some people that were like, we need to free these, these, these people. They're they're people. Like, why are we letting this happen? But yeah. the majority of the people in the north, they didn't give a shit. They yeah. were like, they were it just, just like, wasn't well, big business up there. Yeah, exactly. They <laughs> had just, it had it have been big business, they would have had it, slavery in New York too. Yep, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty much it. Like, yeah. it's they were almost indifferent. And then when you had these poor, these poor free, free black, you know, slaves coming yeah. out of the South post Civil War, you know, yep. post freedom, they get to the north and they're not getting jobs because they're like, eh, I mean, whatever. Yeah. Like you're black. You're basic. Yeah. You know, it's like it's 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 insane. Like it's absolutely mind-boggling that we have this weird sanitized version of our country where it's like yeah. all the northerners were good and all the southerners were bad. It's like there were southerners <laughs> that were like we shouldn't be enslaving people. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. this is also terrible. Like yeah. please, I have a plantation. I'll pay people to work on it, but I'm not going to crack the whip. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Twelve years a slave. Twelve great. years a slave is the modern equivalent of Roots. Yeah. And I yeah. and if you haven't That's seen good. Roots, you gotta see Roots. Yeah. <laughs> or the color exactly. purple. Just you know what? Make it a real downer week for yourself, and just like really get on it. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And then is... fall asleep watching Ken Burns Civil War series. <laughs> yeah. Um, moving on to number five. My yes, number sir. five was Avengers Endgame. You know what's fun? Mm-hmm. I didn't put any of the Marvel, the Avengers movies on here. That's interesting. And I'll, I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. It's because they're great movies, and I love them very, very much. They're very dear and near to my soul. I don't think they were the best movies, though. Mm-hmm. No, that's you know? fair. Um, there was a, As I was doing this list, there were a lot of movies that I was surprised that I didn't put on this list. Yeah, but I too. felt like they didn't deserve it. Yep. Um, I think Endgame, for me, made my list because of all of the, the Marvel's Avengers movies – it was the one that really um, emotionally affected me the most. Yes. And that's why it's on my list. And I, I knew I had to put one of the uh, Avengers movies on here because they're just that franchise alone Absolutely. is so important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I chose Endgame because if you're going to choose one, I mean, it was really between, it came down between that one and Civil War. And mm-hmm. I feel like Endgame, it, it, it just, it won out because I like felt legitimate sadness and cried legit tears yeah. at Endgame. <laughs> we were sitting next to each other yeah. in an arc light crying in a room yeah. full of strangers. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's why Endgame, I mean, I don't really need to go too far into it. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, but yeah, Endgame yeah. is my number five. And it is, as far as it goes, it is a masterstroke uh, in the end because it is that the, it's the only superhero movie I know where the heroes don't win. Right. It gets you hyped up for it, and then it just pulls the rug out from underneath you and cuts you off at the knees at the same time, and it's just like, sucks to suck. You're just like, what am I supposed to do with all these emotions? They're like, I don't know. Wait a year. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's Um, not my problem. I just made the movie. You're like, damn you Russo brothers. (laughs) Yeah. What was uh, your number five? Was what we talked about, right? Uh, Fury Road. Fury Road, that's right. Yeah, Mad Max Fury Road, just because it was so it was so un, out of control and mm-hmm. so one of those, like we talked about, I'd never seen anything like it. Right. And like totally. That's why I put it on there because I was like, what the hell is this? This is awesome. Like, yeah. it's all of the crazy. If you like the Mad Max franchise, it was all the stuff you wanted to see that they couldn't do at the time. And the fact that they built all the cars and did everything in camera, like in frame, I was like... And the CGI is only used to enhance the world, not create the world. That's my big pet peeve about a lot of different stuff. Sci-fi where they're like, we're just going to use computers to create an entire thing. Act on green screen. Act. Act. It's like, I can't. I'm looking at ping pong balls that are supposed to be a thing, but I don't know what it's supposed to look like. You know, I think that's where you at least have to have a physical location and then use your CGI to create the world around it. But you've got to have your actors anchored in in an actual like physical place. But yeah, it's, you know, you see these massive cars that they built and you know, it doesn't get any crazier than the giant fleet of cars driving across the desert with the dude with the mask made out of his mom's head playing a guitar. That's also a flamethrower on a car that's made with just, it seems to be completely made of speakers, like (laughs) driving forward this entire like war tribe of people that are based out of an automotive industry in like a desert land. Like it's in, it's absolutely just, out of control nuts and that's what I love about it like it's one of those movies if someone hasn't seen it I just go just buckle up because you yeah. do, you have even if you think you know how it how it goes it does not and it will shock nope. the hell out of you like it's whoo it's good yeah um, I want to go yeah. watch it right now <laughs> 100% great um what's your number, four number four was Cabin in the Woods ah uh, that was see, my number four I was gonna put that as my horror pick 
mm-hmm. but Hereditary hit me better. Yeah, a little bit. I hear you. Cabin in the Woods though is oh god, it's so much fun. It is. It is oh, endlessly so rewatchable fun. as well. Oh my gosh, yes, it's it, it's yeah. I've, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. It's always on my 31 for 30 October list every single time. Like it's one of the easy, I'm like, oh yeah, at some point I'll just, this month I'll just watch Cabin in the Woods because it's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yep. Uh, it is, it is, yeah, it's good. When it, when it's being a horror movie, it is really good at that. When it's being a comedy, it's really good at that. Uh, it is just, it, it's, to me, it's like, um, to me, I put it in the category of a perfect movie. Because there's really nothing wrong with it, and it it delivers everything that it sets out to deliver. And the reason why I put it in a perfect movie, there's nothing else out there really like it. Mm, That's true. It's very unique in that, which I think is extremely important about it. And it's great, too, because it's one of those movies like a Galaxy Quest or or a movie like that where it, 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 it sort of points out a lot of the like the like the genre tropes and like is yeah. is a satire on genre movies but it does it in a way that is loving and respectful to the genre and doesn't make you feel like you're stupid for enjoying the yeah. genre you and know it, what i mean and it spins it correctly yeah like it does it in a way where it makes fun of it but it also lovingly executes that thing and you yes. just go as a horror head you're like yeah okay yeah. yes like yes yeah i just it's it's one of those, yeah, and it's surprisingly funny when it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the galaxy quest of horror movies. I agree. Yeah, it's a great way to describe it. It's a loving ode, homage yeah. to a genre that, like, if you love that genre, you know what to look for. And it's just it's a masterclass in a comedy homage to horror. And also, let's just be very clear: Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford steal yes. the freaking show yeah like, they're amazing. their relationship in that like i would just i would watch an entire show just based off of those two characters alone in that company yeah like oh yeah. they're good yep. uh yeah they get pissed that the little japanese girls defeated the monster it i the first time that happened i laughed so hard i almost peed like no yeah. joke <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's very good it's one of my favorites um yeah it's phenomenal what was uh was your number four? My number four was Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Mm, good choice. Uh, it I picked it in my top five because it is one of those. It is a masterclass in slow burn, low energy storytelling, mm-hmm. but also how to do that without being boring mm-hmm. and giving gravitas to the characters when they don't really say that much. Mm-hmm. Also, the cinematography is just oh, out yeah. of control good, and the use of color and everything is just – it like just boom. It just breaks my brain explode, and it's like it is one of those – it's one of those movies, and we've talked we, – I think we talked about this in a previous episode. Dave Batista is in the first scene. Oh, yeah. And you don't even – I didn't even realize it was Dave Batista <laughs> until like a couple minutes in. I was like, this guy looks familiar. Oh, my God. Like <laughs> – yeah, he's it, phenomenal in that. Everybody's movie. Perf- there isn't a single performance in that movie that is out of control. Like Jared Leto's character is weird, but it like works. 
Yeah. Like capital W works on a yeah. level that I'm like, <laughs> this should not be this successful. Like that movie was posted as a major, it's a box office loss. However, I think it's going to be one of those that down the road, it's going to be like one of those cult movies where it's like, it's one of the best science fiction movies you've never seen mm-hmm. or, or forgotten about, you know? Yeah. It's another uh, Denny Villeneuve movie as well. I think, and I think it should be used in film school to teach directing, cinematography, use of camera movement, and how to economically use an, use your energy in a film without mm-hmm. making it seem boring or dull. Yeah. Have you uh, Have you listened to the Roger Deakins podcast yet? I have not. I need to get on that. You should. He, Does he uh, do Roger- an episode on that? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. He. Um, yeah, he worked on that movie. Like every yeah. episode, every episode they have like a, a someone they've worked with on, and they talk to them about the movies that they've worked on. They had Denny, yeah. Denny Villeneuve on, and they talked about that Prisoners. Um, it, it's just oh, I'm gonna. It's, it's phenomenal. You should. I'm check gonna it go out. get. I'm gonna go get my nerd on. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. You should. Like my it. It's deep, really great. My deep nerd that I can only talk to you about. Like <laughs> yeah. For those of you who don't know, Roger Deakins is uh the you know one of the greatest cinematographers of all time. Of and, all time. Like, yeah, of all time. He, and yeah. I don't get. I know time's not over, but he will continue to be the great one of the greatest cinematographers of all time. Yeah, yeah. Every movie you've ever watched, you're like, oh, this movie's beautiful. It's probably shot by Roger Deakins. Um, he he has yeah. a podcast called Team Deakins Podcast, where he brings on filmmakers and actors um, that he's worked with, um, and they just talk about the projects they've worked on and kind of give you some behind the scenes kind of. Hollywood talk about it and just kind of talk about their philosophy on how they shoot things and stuff. And it's, it's just really good. It's a really interesting podcast if you're interested in film at all. And they do, it is, it is a broad reaching podcast in the sense of like, they, they talk about stuff and they take the time to explain stuff for people who may not be familiar with, you know, film jargon and whatnot. So it's really good. Everyone should check it out if you're even just a little bit interested. Oh, I'm definitely going to check it out for sure. Um, let's go to number three. Number My three. number three was Interstellar. Ooh. Yes, the Christopher Nolan. Nolan, Nolan making double duty. Yes. Nolan has ma- has two movies on the list, on my list. Uh, Interstellar is, um, I can watch it over and over. It, it, it Most of the, the, a common theme with all the movies on my list is they're, they're movies that I love to watch over and over. Right. Um, Interstellar is just, uh, and there's not, Unlike some of the other movies on my list, there's not one thing about it that is, like, my favorite thing. Right. It's just – it's one of those movies where everything that's going on in the movie is working together to be something that I really enjoy. Like, I love Matthew McConaughey as an actor. Um, The way the movie looks, like, the aesthetic of, like, sort of the Nebraska kind of cornfield look – it's just like the whole Dust Bowl type thing is just very interesting to me. The score by Hans Zimmer is incredible. Well, Hans Zimmer, like, yeah. <laughs> come on. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, the, it's, the story is great. Um, uh, the sci-fi elements of it, it's it's Christopher Nolan. Like, it, everything in that movie is working together to make a movie that I, li- that I like. It was, like, made for me. Um, yeah, I actually would say that that is – Pretty, but we've talked about it a couple of times, and I'm like, this seems to be an Asan custom job. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you're welcome, Asan. Every the rest yeah. of the world's like, who? Yeah, it's just Nolan's yeah. like, don't worry about it. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Interstellar is just the production design's amazing. Like the look of the robots and the spaceships, and it just, it's just, it's just great. It's a phenomenal the, movie. I'll also, I will also say this. Like, it's at the end, and everybody's like, uh, 
about it like that I've seen. I love the I love the I love the CGI portrayal of going through a black hole. Like oh, I love it's it all, confusing, yeah. it's disorienting, like it's exactly what I picture it would be where you're yep. like splitting into 13 different verses. It's like, you know, it's like when you go the the subatomic in uh, the Marvel universe. I'm like it's like, yeah, that seems as far as I know, that seems an accurate portrayal of that activity. Yeah. And yeah, some people have issues with the third act in terms of like mm-hmm. you know the you know the idea of love being the you know one of the things that can that can travel through space and time and across dimensions I, and stuff. I'm one of those people that has a problem with that. Oh, but that's fine. It's a very uh, small problem. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I kind of look at it as like you know in terms of you know what is beyond uh, you know our dimensional understanding in the universe and like what what exists beyond our dimensional understanding of the universe is sure. quite honestly we just don't know oh, and like God, no. if you want to make the thing you know the movie is about you know trying to learn people trying to learn how to love each other and like if you yeah. want to you know if you want to ascribe love to the universe as like a, you know a force that you know is an un, un, non understandable thing or like something we don't understand you like i go i can go with that yeah. um it, it's it's in i think where the where the tension is is because like the rest of the movie feels so grounded it almost feels like a nasa documentary it <laughs> does and then it's always like but love will win in the end yeah you're like what so yeah there is that disconnect where you're like wait love like no it's got to be corks or something right and that's that's where i like i was yeah, like totally. i'm off the bu- i'm off the bus on this one i'll see you guys later but yeah yeah that's where i was a little like hmm love. oh we're at love sorry i missed my stop i should get off here when did this become a science fiction hallmark movie yeah with, yeah. A, bu- with a bigger budget yeah exactly um no yeah totally that's totally uh valid um yeah i just love the movie and it's it's i think it's one of nolan's best for me um what i'm was not your, arguing what, what, was, what was your number three my number three was prisoners okay just because it had such an emotional impact on me and still to this day like i've only seen it that one time when we went to go see it yeah and it it still i still it still haunts me on yeah. a level that i'm like i'm I think about it sometimes and at night yeah. when I'm alone. <laughs> and it's probably one of the reasons why I'm a broken person. Yeah. Because <laughs> right. my brain does this stuff to me at night by myself. <laughs> but oh, it, it literally, it creeps up the back. And it, it's like, it yeah. is a perfect portrayal of like, it, and it and realistic of what, of what someone would actually, the depth someone would actually go to to mm-hmm. get their kid back. And it's not pretty, it's ugly. It's an ugly film. It it's is. an ugly yeah. film. It is unnerving. It is disturbing. And it, yeah, it keeps me up at night sometimes. Like if I start to think about it, I can't, it's one of those, it's, it has stuck with me. And if I've, I don't think I've ever had, there's, there's only a handful of movies that I can think of. Yeah. That, that have really affected me like that on a level that it, yeah, on such a deep emotional level. So that's why, that's why I put it on my number three. Because my top three are all that kind of level where it's like it's stuck it's stuck with me big time, you know. So All right. Yeah. How well, about your number two? Number two, well, we've already talked about my number one, which is Inception. So this this uh is, you know, my second most favorite movie of the last ten years, and it is Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Yes. Um, that movie was I, I could so Spider Man 
for those who don't know, I have a giant Spider-Man tattoo on my left thigh. Oh, this man, <laughs> this man is like obsessed with Spider-Man. I, I, Spider-Man's always been my favorite uh, superhero. He As it is, should be. Yeah, Spider-Man is just phenomenal. Um, uh, Peter Parker is just great. And then you get Miles Morales, which is awesome. This movie, like, I never... So I never imagined, even after... When did... When did... Um, Spider-Man Homecoming come out? Uh, that would have been... Let's see when that was. Homecoming was 2017. 2017, and Into uh-huh. the Spider-Verse was 2018. 2018, and then in 2019, we got Far From Home. Yes. So, uh, uh, Spider-Man uh, Homecoming was an, uh, was an honorable mention of mine, uh, because, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we Tom Holland as, as Peter Parker is i mean is second to none like he he is phenomenal he's in that stable of ryan Reynolds' deadpool robert downey jr's iron man tom holland is spider-man he is peter parker like there's no arguing around it like i thought andrew garfield was good and i was like well let's see how good tom tom holland can do and then yeah i was like yeah Mm -hmm. civil (laughs) war the minute i saw civil war i was like yeah this kid's peter parker like (laughs) that did it (laughs) yeah and so into the so i had thought that i had seen the best Spider-Man movie ever uh, after Spider-Man Homecoming. And then Sony no, no. had the we nerve... we are confusing Spider-Man 2003 with yeah, Tobey Maguire, yeah, right? Tobey Maguire. That's the best one, right? Uh, no. <laughs> Although I do can... love that movie, no. Why do not. those movies keep popping back up when we have such know. other superior Spider-Man products? I'm like, I don't just, know. Just, it's a wash. Just like, let it go, guys. Let it go, please. I watched, like, we just I, need to be... I, I watched Spider-Man three. Most of Spider-Man three. Um, the uh, a couple months ago, I was at a car dealership waiting for some car paperwork. That sounds watched... like the exact reason why you watched Spider-Man three. Yeah, and I watched it again, and I was like, okay, let me see if this movie is as bad as I think it is, and it is. It is as bad as I think. It oh, is. it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah, it is really. It's just awful. It's just an awful movie. You can tell everybody did it for a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So I thought with Spider-Man: Homecoming, I had seen the best Spider-Man movie. Uh huh. And then Sony had the nerve to put out <laughs> Into the Spider-Verse. How and, dare you? <laughs> and I'm telling you, it is. It is for my money. It is the best Spider-Man movie that has ever been made. It is. It is the perfect blend of like everything you love about a really good Pixar movie, mm-hmm. plus what makes a really good superhero movie, and it is mm-hmm. just like. It's just phenomenal. Like everything yeah. about the movie is likable. It is fun. It makes sense. The villain is is compelling. Like it's just, it's 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 really good. And it's everything you want from a, yeah. uh, an animated Spider-Man movie. It is it just it really, uh, it just really resonated with me, man. I loved that movie. I loved it so much. That's awesome. Like that's yeah. and that's what that's the thing I love about movies is we all have that one where it's just like, you know, we have those movies where you just go, Ooh, yeah, that, that did it for me right there. Like hit the sweet spot. Yeah. It's a fantastic movie. I love the animation style personally. Oh yes. Um, Yes. It's very cool. It's just slick. It's a slick package all around. It was, it was, uh, I'll, I'll, I will say this, this will be my last comment about in the spider verse, but one of the things that, um, cause I, I am not someone who, Although I'm a fan of comic books and a fan of the movies that are made from comic books, I don't read a lot of comic books. And so I've never read any of the Miles Morales Spider-Man comic books. Like, I, I knew all about the character because I read about him, but I never read any of the books. I'm in that same boat with you. At yeah. this point nowadays, I I um, 
I read more about it on the internet than I do the actual comic through the comic books, right. which I wish would change, but right. you know. <laughs> and I think this movie they had like four credited directors, which is crazy. But mm-hmm. um, I remember watching the movie and just like some of the things they deal with in the movie, just about like growing up as you know as a as a kid of color like in a, in a big city like new york and just yeah. the idea of, of code switching and just like the idea of being biracial and just trying to find your place in a in a school that doesn't really feel like it's for you and just all these themes that like that like are really resonant with me just in like in personal life like to be seen like portrayed by one of my favorite superheroes is just it, it was just another level of like <laughs> this movie's amazing you know what i mean yeah totally <laughs> yeah it yes. was really good it was really great yeah and and it's one of those that like it does it deserved the oscar like for sure 100% like, yeah there's no there's no other product that came out that year that even holds a candle to that one no no no, no. everything it was just really good like it yeah. was it, it was phenomenal um yeah. yeah what was your number 2 my number 2 was the master so we've okay, already conversed great. about that, so we can move on. So, great. What was and your number your number one was Inception. Inception, and yep. uh, my number one was uh, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Oh, great! I haven't seen that. That's oh. another one I haven't seen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it's Sam yeah. Rockwell, right? Sam Rockwell and Francis McDormand steal the show. Okay. Like, steal the show. It's it's one of those that I. It sticks with me. Like I, 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 I was telling, talking with AJ about with about the list before we were recording, and she was like, "Do you put three billboards on there?" And I was like, "Yeah, man." Like I cried during that movie. Ooh. Like that made me cry. And I don't normally like I'm not a hyper emotional person, but like something about that, and I wasn't I wasn't emotionally compromised that day either. It just out of yeah. nowhere just came up and punched me right in the chest, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So we're crying over this movie now. Like great. Yeah. Because it's just it's heartbreaking and it's heart wrenching and it's it's you know it's it's problematic and it's dark and these characters are like oh man like mm. it's it's messy it's messy yeah. and the end it kind of just ends and you're like huh. what do I what do what I do, I do with, now <laughs> yeah, what do I do now yeah. like where do I go and it's like it goes I don't know Thanks for coming. See you later. Yeah, glad you showed up. Wasn't that yeah. a great movie? And you're like, yeah, but now I have emotions. Like, ah, I know, right? <laughs> and it just leaves. That's crazy. It just leaves you. It leaves you sitting there, and like, it, you know, you've you've got these. It's just it, it's it's yeah, it's so powerful and it's so like insane and like. Can you be, give us a like a brief plot synopsis? Yeah. So spoiler um, free, please. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so basically, Frances McDormand's daughter was uh-huh. brutally murdered, and uh-huh. her killer hasn't been brought to justice. And nobody in this small town of Ebbing, Missouri, has ever like there's not been nothing done about it. And so what oh, she does yeah. is she gets these three billboards that are on the way into town on during the sheriff's drive in. Yeah, AJ's AJ's in the room brush. She's not, and she's like, oh yeah, it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Woody Harrelson plays the sheriff, and on his commute into town, she purchases these three billboards that basically challenge him. So he has to see it every single day, like, find my daughter's killer. Find my daughter's killer. Like, why are you not doing your job? And she's, like, constantly hounding him. She's like, nothing's been done. There isn't anything going on. And so she kind of – and so it's how this – these people all kind of the fallout 
from how this murder, it kind of shows like a very intimate sort of portrayal about how a murder affects people that weren't even directly linked to an individual and sort of like small town politics. And, you know, keep in mind for those of you that don't, for those, I haven't talked about it really on the, on the podcast before, but I spent a lot of time living in Missouri and I know what these Mm -hmm. small town communities look like and how messy and kind of uncomfortable they can be. And the, um, like for, for anybody that wants to know, I, I spent two years living in Forsyth, Missouri. You can Google that. It's tiny. <laughs> it it's, sounds tiny. You blast through it. And you're like, was that a town? Yeah. <laughs> like there are people I don't here? Know, I think there was a Denny's. <laughs> exactly. But like going, doing what I was doing, working with at-risk youth, like for Thanksgiving, you deliver turkey, you know, turkey Thanksgiving day dinners to people that are living in trailers that have holes in the floor. And like the whole place smells like meth. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like these crazy little communities that are just kind of forgotten by the world at large and it really does it and it's part of one of the reasons why it affected me so emotionally is i know how those kind of communities exist and i know exactly like what it's like to live in one and it nails it almost to a 100 percent perfect t about what it's like to just exist in small town america Mm -hmm. and how and then it couples in like with how a murder can affect a community at large and it's it's great. And it's also, I mean, it's a Coen Brothers. No, sorry. It's a Martin McDonough. I'm so sorry. It's Francis McDormand's in it, which is why I was like, oh, yeah, Coen Brothers, because she's in all their <laughs> stuff. That's fair. Um, yeah. Uh, Francis McDonough. But it's it is it's one of those movies that I can, I love it because every single person that's in it is going for it 100%. Like, their acting level, their focus, they're dialed in. Like, they, are, they all know that this is a movie that has something to say, and they want to contribute to that part of that voice. And so that's why I think it is wildly successful as it is. And, um, yeah, man, if you haven't seen it, and you're listening to the podcast right now, and you're looking for something that will shake you up a little bit, throw that in. Okay. Throw that well, in. My, well, my cat is telling us that it's time for... Uh, <laughs> Katie's like, let's go! It's time for... Uh, yeah, do you have any other honorable mentions that you want to you wanna bring up? Um, Looper. Oh, Looper, great. Looper was great. Um, yeah, I loved Looper. I thought it was awesome. And the fact that the theater I was in when it ended, no one clapped. It was so <laughs> intense. No one clapped. We, yeah. we were there. You were there with me. No yep. one clapped. People just got up and left. They shuffled out because they didn't know what to do. It's another movie that just goes, deal with it, and just drops the mic and leaves. And you're like, what? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But Um, yeah. Do you have any other ones? And then I can breeze through mine. No, no, breeze through yours. Yeah, I pretty much covered all mine. Um, Let's see. uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the first one one with James Franco is good. Yeah, Um, real good. Source Code uh, is really good. Uh, that's a Jake Gyllenhaal small budget actioner in from 2011. That was really good. Um, it's kind of like a virtual reality kind of thing. It's really good. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, that one that, was fun. That, that is uh, that is uh, one of my official honorable mentions because I, it almost made my list. That movie, but I couldn't pick gotcha. it over Cabin in the Woods from 2011. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, Gravity's on here. I saw Gravity. Yeah, that was a good uh, one too. The John Wick franchise is on here. <laughs> See, and that's one of those. I was like, <laughs> I can put all the movies that I liked over the last 10 years, right. but it's all going to be like hardcore fun action films and like superhero flicks. And I was like, yeah. nah, I got Like if I'm making a list, I got to show I got a little bit more depth than that yeah, on my film totally. preferences. But what we should do is do a um, best action movies of all time. I'm totally At some down. Point. I'm totally yeah. down for that. Um, yeah, because I've got some in my pocket that I'm like, yeah, 
Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, another honorable mention of mine: the Godzilla movie by um, uh, who did that? Was it Gareth Edwards? Is that who did it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that one. The one that came out in 2014. The 2014 um, Godzilla was was uh, an honorable mention of mine. I really enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah, that Gareth Edwards. Yeah. yeah, Gareth Edwards. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Revenant. Um, yeah. There, I'm surprised there was no Star Wars on your list. Oh, uh, it's well, that, well, that's problematic because Star Wars has sucked for the last three movies, and I, I'm over it. I'm over <laughs> yeah. it as a film franchise, unless it's Rogue One. Rogue One was great, but Solo and the new trilogy, I was just like, ah. Yeah, Rogue One almost made my list as well. That's I have, I have an honorable mention too. That's actually really out of the box. Hostiles with Christian Bale about the cavalry officer that's uh, escorting the uh, the oh, old I've, tribal lead. Oh, I've never dude. even heard of that. Dude, you need to watch it. Okay. It's, um, so he plays a cavalry officer that was a, a Indian, essentially an Indian killer, um, ah. and who is now tasked to escort the chief of the tribe who he was going to war with, who killed a lot of his men. He has to escort him back to their to their lands and safety so the chief can die in peace. It's oh. powerful. Okay. Very good. Check it out. That Highly good. recommend that one. All right. Now I. Uh, hastily asked you to pick out some of yes, the worst as, movies you saw of the last 10 years. I'm ready to grip it. I thought it. that me- might be a nice way to end the show. Oh, totally. Cause we're um, on this one. We can move fast and dirty and fun. Yeah. Um, I'll give you one and then you can give me one. We'll just go Let's back go. and forth. Uh, first I got gods of Egypt. <laughs> oh, I took that one off my list. That went yeah. off first, but I was like, he's going to do it. I was playing mental chess with you and you didn't even know today. Gods yes. of Egypt oh, is probably the worst movie I've ever seen. Period. It's, uh, it's really bad. It's really, it, really, really it's up there for yeah. me. <laughs> what do you got? Oh God, uh, Ghostbusters. Okay, yeah. Ghostbusters. That was bad. <laughs> the reason why I have it on my list, it's not because, and I want to be very clear to the listeners who might be like, you know why I don't like it, but I want to be very uh-huh. clear to the listeners, it's not because it's all ladies. I don't have a no. problem with that. It's because there are no jokes in it. Yeah. And they think there are jokes, and they have ev- they had every opportunity to succeed with it as a film, and they actively you can watch the movie actively choose not to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, totally. I agree. Um, it was not good. It should have been great. Like on paper, I that movie sounds like a a, a, you know, a home run. On paper, the, it's the bridesmaids' humor with ghosts. It yeah. should be an absolute like knockout of the park. Yep. However. <laughs> yeah, it is not. Um, we got we got what we got. And yep. I'm just going to – can I just go out there? Leslie Jones is not funny to me. Mm-hmm. She's just – there's something about her performance and she's like, I'm funny. And I'm like, you're actually not? <laughs> yeah. You're just loud. Like yep. that – like that's not – loud volume does not equal hilarity. But like I'm glad you have a career and I'm glad you're on this planet. Like I don't hate you as a person. I just yeah. – you're not – you're not a powerhouse like yep. Hollywood seems to think you are. So let's back you off a little bit. And you got to earn your way back in because it's like they tried to force feed her too fast. We were like, no, 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 no. I don't want her in my movies. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Gemini Man is also on my list. I almost put that one, too. That is a but terrible I substi- film. Oh, his superpowers throwing motorcycles. Yeah. And if you guys want to hear us talk about it briefly, you can go back to episode 19 of the Weekly Regular, the first one that I was on. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we discussed Gemini Man for a little bit. And uh, it's it's. Well, it Jim, is awful. Give it a Will Smith. Woohoo! Ha ha! Yeah. It was terrible. Uh, oh, man. What My number two, The Great Wall. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. That movie is so Atro- bad. <laughs> atrocious. It is a. It's. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, yeah, it's like. <laughs> 
just when you thought a movie about Matt Damon fighting in ancient China can't get any worse, there's actual dragons? Oh, that are also maybe aliens, <laughs> yeah. by the way. We're still not sure. Um, oh, man. And I've his wig it. is insane. Everyone's wig is insane. Yeah. It's a wig movie. It's oh, clearly a movie that was made by a Chinese production company that mm. paid Matt Damon and the rest of the actors so much money that they couldn't say no. Yep. And I think it was also coupled with the fact that the American production company was like, you need to do this or you don't get to make more movies. And they were yeah. like, make the paycheck big enough and I won't have a problem. Yeah. It's clearly just that. Like, it is an overbloated CGI lackluster non-delivering quote action movie that is somehow the busiest thing on screen I've ever seen and also the most boring to watch. Yep. It, it's it's truly awful. Um, next one on my list. Get might drunk be a and con- watch it with your friends. Yeah. yeah. That's what I say. It's the, yeah. That's the best way it's enjoyed. Yeah. The next one on my list is going to be triggering for some people, but oh. I'm going to say uh, The Rise of Skywalker is my number three. I'm 100% there with you. It's not on my <laughs> list. It's not on my list because I've got some other deep pulls, but yeah, yeah I agree with you. Very 100%. Um, it was El Terrible. <laughs> Yeah, what's your number three? My number three is uh, is movie 43, the movie where we went, <laughs> nickname actors can do sketch comedy, and the world at large went, no, no, they cannot. No, no, they no, cannot. This, this movie proves it, that not everybody can do sketch comedy. Away with you, away with you, you garbage people. Yeah, like, that movie's it is really bad. It is simultaneously the most shocking, uncomfortable, and confusing movie I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, I spent wild. the entire time watching through this going, who is this for? Yeah. Who is this for? No has, one is the answer. Clearly, because no one, because it's like me and five other people went to see it. Yeah. Because it made no money. Like, it doesn't, and it's got such these big name actors. It's like where I go, it's the same problem that I have. The problem I have with Movie 43 is the same problem that I have where actors are like, I can sing and I've got a pop music career. And I'm like, get out. Yeah. Stay in, just Look, stay in. Looking at you, Jeremy Renner. Yeah, exactly. Stay in your freaking lane. Yeah. Stay in your freaking lane. If you're a early teen, like late teens, early 20s, something like Haley Steinfeld, and you like wake up one day and you're like, I want a pop music career. I'm like, yeah, girl, get at it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. I have no problem with you. If you're a middle-aged white guy that's like, <laughs> I want to be in a band. It's like, awesome, Ted, do it. <laughs> However, don't expect us to care. This yeah. was Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, like all these big name stars going, I can do sketch comedy. And we're like, I, I don't, I don't, literally, I do not care. <laughs> yeah. I watched uh- it knowing how bad I thought it was going to be and was shocked at how bad it actually was. Yep. My uh, next two, four and five, are actually a double feature, Um, both from the Wachowskis. We got Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending. (laughs) I also almost put both of those on there, but I knew you were going to have them. Yep. Uh, Those movies are just awful. (sighs) Um, For different reasons, Cloud Atlas is not as egregiously bad as Jupiter Ascending. Cloud Atlas is just long and meandering and doesn't really do anything whereas jupiter ascending is like it's 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 almost comically bad like the performances they're getting are just terrible they make some of the craziest choices i've ever seen in the movie it's just it's confounding i will say that that might be my favorite eddie renmane performance because it is just so undeniably unhinged and he had no direction whatsoever you can tell (laughs) 
You mean the performance where he's either whispering or shouting at the top of his lungs? Yeah, his volume his volume level is either five or five thousand. There's no. Yeah. It is my favorite because it's so 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 unlike anything else he's ever done, and you clearly can tell that movie was just a runaway train. And the Wachowskis were they the sisters at that point or the siblings? Yeah. They were the sisters at that point. Uh-huh. Man, they've had a ride, haven't they? Uh huh. Oh. Let's let's uh, hopefully this next Matrix movie is good. Oh, I'm crossing my fingers for you yeah. specifically. I'm like, please yeah. let it be good for a son. Yeah, because my love of Star Wars has been taken away from me, and I, <laughs> I can't. If I can't have my Star Wars, and you can't have your have your Matrix, we're just gonna be two sad yeah, boys what, crying in a corner. Yeah, what even is this world? What is what are we doing here anymore? Um, yeah. Oh man, you're just yeah. The, ah, woof. Oh. Those movies are very very bad. Just like, just, oh, they're bad. Yeah. They're so bad. It was on, Jupiter Sending was on TV the other day when I was at work, and I looked at it and I was like, nah, I'm going to watch, <laughs> I'm going to find something equally terrible, but way more fun. Yeah. Hey, you guys have, uh, you guys have space invisible jet skates? Yeah. Uh, so how do they work? Pretty much just like regular skates. You only stay about two or three inches off the ground. Well, then why why have them? <laughs> See, I was going to go with, how do they work? How do you think they work? You're correct. <laughs> do you, can you go in any direction and any height? Sometimes. If you what about the other times? The other times they work like regular skates. It's like, oh, okay. So it's temperamental functionality? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny, dude. Yes. Okay. Uh, my number four was Mr. Right, starring Anna Kendrick and Sam Rockwell. I have not seen it. Oh, it's bad. It's, it's... our boy. Our boy. Our boy doesn't even make up for for how bad it is. Oh no! Like I know. So he is this assassin who um, finds this girl, and he's like the best assassin ever. But he's got like this rhythm, and it's almost like a superpower. But it's like he can sense the vibes around him. It's not even very clear how he does it. All I know is it's bad plot pointing and to make him be like the best assassin ever. And he's like he's funny, he's smooth, but it's here's where. I didn't even finish it. That's how bad it was. Oh yeah. And I'm always bad. game. I will fit. I will go through till the end, whether I like the movie or not, just to see if I can like, just to see how it ends, right? Because it's like, well, maybe it gets better in the end, or maybe it'll be something fun, or something, you know, some some little gold little nugget to like pick out and be like, oh well, well done, which sometimes happens. Um, this movie, I didn't even finish it. I was just, I got about 40 minutes in and I was just like, I, I can't do this. Anna Ugh. Kendrick's character is the worst character ever. And I like Anna Kendrick, don't get me wrong, but she plays this character that's like, I'm quirky. It's like, no, you're just, you're just kind of a bitch. Like, yeah. like you make every, you make your problems and your lack of ability to get your life together. Everybody else's problem in your life. Like you're a burden to people. That like you're not quirky. You're annoying. It's like how everybody, yeah. it's like how there was this rash of like after like post new girl, right? Where everybody's like, I'm quirky like Zoe Deschanel. It's like, no, you're just annoying and shrill. Yep. Like there's nothing to you that makes me go, this is enjoyable. It's like, you're just, you're nothing. You're, you're trying to substitute, you're trying to substitute an adjective for your personality and you don't have a personality to begin with. Like, right. it's like, stop. Like, it's just, it's, oh, it's terrible. It's a it terrible movie. It's awful. It's awful. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, And then number five, Mm -hmm. my favorite, your favorite, the one we all love to hate on because it was such a giant dumpster fire from beginning to end and had to get, what, 30, was it 30 more million dollars to keep their production going? 
The Lone Ranger, my friend. Oh, man. What a problematically terrible film that was. That was the movie, for everybody forgetting, that was the movie that Johnny Depp said, it's okay for my cultural appropriation of this Native American character because I am 132nd Cherokee. Bro, that doesn't even count anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you have an atom of Cherokee DNA in your entire cellular structure makeup. That doesn't count anymore. Get out of here. I don't want to hear it. Like, that movie was just a bad idea. Here's the thing, though. It wasn't a bad idea. <laughs> you want to know why it was a bad idea? It was a bad yeah. idea because the Bruckheimer camp made it. If you mm-hmm. gave that idea if you gave that idea to an actually talented, like, production that wanted to make mm-hmm. a Western, hardcore Punisher version of the Lone Ranger, which is what they were trying to do, without the massive fire hose blast injection of Pirates of the Caribbean, it would have been... I maintain it would have been successful. It would have absolutely been successful, but the problem was, and the reason why I hated it so much is the same reason why I hated the most recent Robin Hood and the most recent King Arthur movies is because they they try to put their own spin on it. It's like, no, just make the source material and make it authentic and good, and then it'll actually succeed. But they were trying to out-zany the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise at that point and I'm like that is the last thing we need right now like we need a more grounded a more centered still make it actiony still make it fun but yep. like don't do what you did <laughs> don't do what you and did I don't know maybe find an actual Native American actor <laughs> there are a bunch of them out there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah it just who would have loved who would have loved to and been better at playing Tonto yeah yeah but oh I just, man! Yeah, like it's it's one of those overbloated, corpulent movies that I just you can literally watch. It is a I, I if you're if you're an up and coming, if you're a film fan or an up and coming filmmaker or whatever, and you're listening to this, go watch it because it is a masterclass in exactly what not to do at every single turn for a film. Like, yep. whoo, it's bad. Uh, yeah, we I should have added Battleship to the list as well. See, that one popped up on a bunch of lists that I saw, and I thought you were going to put it on there, so I didn't add it. But yeah, Battleship is also another movie where I go, if you want to see what not to do, yeah, <laughs> namely oh, A, casting, casting Taylor Kitsch in a hero role that's supposed to carry a movie, looking at you, John Carter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights does not a career make, apparently. Yeah. So there you go. Exactly. Again, no ill will towards the dude. I like yeah. him in other stuff, but like when they try to be like, this is a Taylor Kitsch film, I'm like, oh, it's going to fall flat in its face. Yep. No hate, but like it's just the reality of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, Derek, thanks for helping me out close out the this year in cinema or this decade in cinema, as it were. Um, it's my pleasure, man. This yeah. is so much fun. <laughs> it's always a good time. Absolutely. Um, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Derek underscore nickel on the tweets and at cinephile84 on the Instagrams. And that's D-E-R-E-K-N-I-C-K-E-L. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me. If you disagreed with anything I had to say or you want to like make a different point or whatever, please, please message me. Get at me. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Nice. Um, yeah, and you can always find me at Asan the DJ on social media. That's at A H S O H N the DJ. Uh, you can find episodes of this podcast and more at weeklyregular.com or wherever you find your podcast. Follow the podcast at Weekly Regular on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that stuff. All right, Derek, I appreciate you for coming through again on the podcast. Always a, always a pleasure, man. Yeah, man. We'll have you back soon. Love it. All right. See you next week, y'all. Later. Later.